0: (laughs) Welcome to Watch Out Where we dig through our DVD dungeon Where we scour the endless streaming landscape All to help you find some kick-ass horror movies Hello and welcome to Watch Out, the horror movie review podcast We're glad to have you with us Our goal is to provide you with spoiler-free reviews and recommendations for both recent films and horror classics. I am Jason the Terrible, broadcasting from Ottawa, Ontario, and I am joined, as always, from Vancouver, B.C.,
1: by Grave Robber Jeff. Vital organs, they are what we're dressed in. The family dog is eyeing parts intestine. Happy Halloween!
0: And Slice and Dice and Dave. Mr.
2: Plow, that's my name, my name again is Mr. Plow. (laughs) You know what we should have done? I think we dropped the ball this particular Halloween. We should have done something about those Simpsons Halloweens, because whenever I think of Halloween, I think of Simpsons Halloweens. Am I going down the right uh, train of thought here, fellas? Happy Halloween, by the way. This is our Halloween episode. Isn't this great? What's your favorite
0: Simpsons Halloween moment there, Jason the Terrible? I don't know. I sort of come back to the super fun happy slide. Yeah, that's pretty good. Or where Homer goes, die, evil fiend,
2: or whatever he says. And he sticks the stake in that Monty Burns vampire. And
0: then Lisa goes, dad, that's his crotch. (laughs) There's also the one I use all the time with the toaster. Dad, it's in there again. (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: Oh, we should have done a Halloween Simpsons episode.
0: We have to ask the expert, Grave Rubber Jeff, what's your favorite Simpsons Halloween episode moment?
1: Well, there's so many. You saw a couple of good ones, but like the Homer cubed one where they're talking to every lunch love, joy, and he's like, Homer, yes, do you see a light? Yes, walk into the light, my son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. some reason i always love that one and the one where he keeps poking Ned in the eye with the stick do you remember that (laughs) oh god i love those goddamn guys
2: those simpsons you know what i'm saying well geez hey what are you guys all getting ready like what are you doing for halloween this particular season there fellas well do you know what i'm doing jason the terrible i'm watching a bunch of horror movies and I've been so pumped about horror movies, I've actually gone to the movie cinema a couple times to see horror movies. Do tell, Slayson. Uh, I let me let me get onto it, because you know how like a, a week or two back, maybe even a month or however the hell long ago it was, I can't remember. We we watched that goddamn X movie, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you got everybody watched X? Hey, well guess what? There was a prequel in the goddamn cinemas, and I was like, what? And so I went and saw the other day and son of a bitch that was a good movie very good movie it, it was a very good prequel and Mia Goth was fantastic
0: did it make you feel any different about the old woman makeup that you complained about so vehemently in well, the Robin well of no I,
2: I I if 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 say the character of Maxine was played by a different gal then then yes it would have <laughs> Anyway. I, I beat that with a dead stick or whatnot. So, so, but no, it was a great movie. And I liked it. I think I liked it more than X. Really? It was pretty, uh, I guess, intense and kind of ugly. And I don't know. It was pretty good. So, But you know, it was pretty sick about Pearl. Because you know when you go to a movie cinema? Oh, well, first off, I was the only one in the movie cinema. So that was awesome. <laughs> kind of made me sad, though, because I'm sitting there going, geez, I hope uh, movie cinemas don't go the way of the blockbuster videos, you know what I'm saying? I really like going to the movies, and I was the only one in there. It was awesome, but I kind of want more people to show up. Mind you, I did go at like 4.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday to Pearl.
0: That's not your target (laughs) demographic time.
2: Now, I went and saw Pearl, like I said, and then because it's a horror movie, it shows all these previews of more horror movies. So it showed like Halloween ends and I said, oh shit, I haven't seen Halloween Kills yet. I should probably watch that. And then it showed one. I remember seeing like a, a teaser trailer. I, I don't know. It seems like a year ago. Maybe it wasn't that long ago for a, a film called Smile. And I said, after watching the trailer, I said, well, son of a bitch, I have to go and see that movie. So I ran out as soon as it was released into cinemas. Actually, that's not true because re- they released it on the Thursday night. For a couple showings i said why would you do that but anyway i went to the uh, official opening night on on the friday and there were more people there there was a handful of people in there and i said god i wish i was alone (laughs) because they were all like these youths you know what i'm saying being like a like 38 years old these days people just don't have any respect for other people (laughs) they sit there they're laughing and no no word of a laugh or no no word of a lie we're in the middle of the movie and it's like kind of a a little spooky here and there and and someone rips a fart i'm not i'm I'm not joking and the entire theater breaks out in a hysterical laugh and i said what the hell where the you ever see that movie idiocracy (laughs) i said that's that's where we're going pals that's where we're going but anyway smile man boy was i pumped to see that movie and i tell you what it didn't necessarily let me down smile i'm not gonna say much about it
0: because i think you guys have to go and see it that's all i gotta say
2: and i hope my check is in the mail
0: there smile producers All right, well, I heard you mention Halloween Kills, and that's a good segue. For this episode, we ended up sort of unintentionally arriving at a mini-franchise review of one Halloween franchise.
2: Yeah, I do want to apologize for that, Jason the Terrible, because just so the listeners are aware, Jason picked for a theme a Halloween-themed movie. And then I said, oh, my God, I wanted to see Halloween Kills because Halloween Ends is coming out. So I'm going to pick Halloween Kills. And then Jeff goes, oh, I'm going to pick a Halloween something or other. And then Jason goes, "Oh no, no, I meant like a Halloween themed horror movie.
0: By then it was too late. (laughs) All right. Well, for our feature review, we're going to jump ahead to, well, that's the thing about the Halloween franchise. And maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Just to refresh people's memories, or for those casual fans of the Halloween franchise, that would be me i'd I'd consider myself a casual fan.
2: I didn't watch it sequentially at all i'd I'd watch one here and one there, and that's why my I'm just completely screwed up when it comes to Halloween movies. I mean, there was a nice little um uh, tweet you sent me the other day there, uh, Jason. Of how all the Halloween movies fit together, and that was very useful, and I appreciated that tweet
0: so the thing you need to know about the Halloween franchise is that, in terms of continuity from movie to movie, it's a bit of a mess, and it sure is. And that's kind of my main criticism about it now you you start with one of the greatest horror movies of all time, which Halloween part yeah. one, yeah. Because it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time, it spawned a franchise, as the greatest movies of all time sometimes do. The problem is the movies don't go just one to the next to the next to the next. There have been several times when they've just made the decision to, hey, let's just pretend that none of those sequels actually happened, or let's just forget that the last time we said the sequels didn't happen, let's, for- let's just say that that didn't happen either. Can we just quickly
2: discuss that a, l- a little more in depth? Like, what movie kind of goes with which movie?
0: Because I well, think that's that... pretty pretty important for, for casual Halloween fans to know. All right, so for what we're going to do today, the movies that we picked, our usual format is to do a feature review that we all watch, and then because we all picked movies from Halloween, we ended up that we're going to do a mini-franchise review where we, we talk about four Halloween movies tonight. Because we've already talked about the original Halloween and the 2018 remake last year. You can go back a few episodes and, and find that one in the back catalog. I looked at our selections this time, and we've actually managed to pick something from pretty much each of the timelines on this chart. Slice and Dice and Dave, which one did you pick? Well, see, like, like I said in my discussion about horror movies earlier on in the, in the, mo-
2: in the cinemas, I unfortunately hadn't seen Halloween Kills yet. And I'm like, well, goddamn Halloween ends is coming out. And I liked Halloween, Halloween, 40 years later, or whatever the hell they called it. So I said, well, son of a bitch, I should probably
0: uh, watch Halloween Kills. That's the one I picked. All right, and so this is what's known kind of unofficially as the H40 timeline. Huh. This is the timeline that took the original movie and disregarded everything that came after it. So the 2018 Halloween movie is uh-huh. a direct sequel to the first Halloween. And that timeline gotcha. then included, obviously, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, which is coming up and has probably hit theaters by the time that you hit hear this episode. Nice little four-movie timeline. Halloween 2018 was focusing on the character of Laurie Strode 40 years after that Halloween night and how she's dealt with the post-traumatic stress disorder that that came about because of that. Ironically enough, that's what Halloween H2O is all about. Except it's only twenty years later, and that's in the yeah. Halloween H2O timeline, which picks up. I mean, technically could pick up right after the the first Halloween, but officially does pick up after the second Halloween, Halloween Two in nineteen eighty one, and has its own timeline. Move going into the movie Halloween Resurrection immediately well uh, four years after yeah. halloween h2o
2: so what are her offsprings is it different in each timeline she's got different children in yes. Each different oh god see i'm sorry i can't be the only one that goes like what the hell man you can't just you can't just do that can you well it's i guess i, I guess I you can
0: because they did but i told you they just disregard things and start over
1: no it's just weird can I just ask something that might be spoiler town?
2: Sure. Yeah, you sure can, Grave Robin Jeff.
1: In the original timeline, was there any reference that Michael Myers was Laurie Strode's brother?
0: I think that's what we're going to address as part of our talk on the H2O. And and actually I should so I want to bring up as well, that the movie I picked for my mini review is Halloween 2 from 1981. And so we're going to be able to draw a direct line from the original Halloween to Halloween 2 to Halloween H20. As always, we are a spoiler-free podcast. The only thing that we're really going to spoil is kind of the fact that some of these characters are recurring in later chapters, and so they must have survived the movie before them. But Uh, considering how much the, the franchise has reset and disregarded itself, that may or may not be a huge spoiler. <laughs> but there you know, we also know that most people listening to this have probably watched these movies a lot. You know, we're I just still find it so weird that it's it, it as a franchise it has been able
2: to do what it's done and that the hardcore Halloween people are just kind of all right with it. Like as a, as a casual Halloween guy, I'm I'm kind of like whatever, I guess, cuz when one comes out, I'll just watch it and I don't really I'm not too worried, right? I just get super confused. <laughs> but but uh, I'm not so much now that I know kind of uh, the timeline
0: and stuff and which
2: one fits with what. But like, I just find it really weird. That's
0: all I got to say. If you look at the other franchises, it's not like the other franchises have had perfect track records either. The Halloween timeline that messes up a lot of people's heads is the Thorn timeline that that goes from Halloween to Halloween 2 to Halloween 4, 5, and 6, which is all about Laurie Strode's daughter Jamie, and the implication that there's some cult involvement that Michael Myers is a servant of, and it crossed people up quite a bit. One of the best things about that timeline, though, is, is Daniel Harris, who plays Jamie Lloyd, and Daniel Harris, of course, ended up coming back to star in Rob Zombie's remake... And that's my segue into saying, Grave Robber Jeff, what movie did you pick for this mini Halloween franchise review?
1: Well, I'm a little less familiar with the Halloween franchise than you, yahoos, but I'd I'd only seen the original and the 2018 remake, so I haven't seen any of That's all you've
2: seen of Halloweens? Jesus
1: Christ, man. All right. And then, so for this one, I was like, well, I could watch two, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And so I picked, well, actually, it's funny because Shudder, I think, had everything except Halloween 2 on it. So anyway, so then I saw that, oh, it has Rob Zombies on there. So I was like, well, I guess I can do the remake. So that's what I chose.
0: Grave robber Jeff is tackling the remake timeline, which, of course, is Halloween. Halloween and and Halloween 2. And Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. I have again. some opinions on those two as well, so I'll probably jump in yep. as you're as you're talking through them there, Grave Arbor Jeff. Yeah, I that. like
2: the first one. It'll be interesting to hear what Jeff says about it. So yes, exactly. Anywho. So well, how should we how should we start off here, guys? Or have we yipped and
0: yapped enough? Should we get on to our mini reviews, or is there more to talk about? Well, I think we're going to be talking about everything as we go, but let's go chronological because I think that makes the most sense. Um, I guess that makes the most sense. We're obviously going to finish up with H2O, so it's not full chronological, but I think we should start with my pick, which is 1981's Halloween 2. Jason the DVD
2: Dungeon. Did you watch it on your Blu ray, or did you watch it streaming on something else?
0: I watched it on my Blu ray, but I watched it with the director's commentary. Oh, interesting. I watched it with the commentary by director Rick Rosenthal, and Rick Rosenthal brought along Leo Rossi, who played one of the EMTs named Bud. It was the two of them on the commentary. As a quick review of the commentary, I didn't find it to be one of the better commentaries I've ever listened to. They spent most of the time talking about where this actor came from, and who knew who, and how they were picked for being in the movie, but... Not a whole lot about the movie itself, at least not a lot that stuck out. But it was still interesting to hear them talk. Okay, so the thing about Halloween 2 is it takes place one minute after the end of Halloween 1. Michael's been been shot, and he's disappeared off the lawn. Kind of, I guess, minor spoilers for the original Halloween. Whoa, pal. And Laurie Strode's been taken to a hospital. Through what you might consider to be a coincidence or two, Michael finds out where Laurie Strode is and heads over to the hospital to to stop her some more. You know, some other people get in his way and it doesn't end well for them. At the same time, we of course have Donald Pleasence's Sam Loomis continuing his search because, you know, at the end of the first movie, he thought he had done okay and then he realized, oh wait, it's not over yet, and he continues to chase after Michael. So, this movie was actually written by... John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who were obviously the creative force behind the original Halloween, but John Carpenter didn't want to direct this second one. So this was Rick Rosenthal's feature debut as a director. He did direct an episode of a television series before this a episode of Secrets of Midland Heights but he was he was basically tasked with doing the second part to the original movie, so it had to look and feel somewhat similar, right? He, he did admit that he didn't have full command of all his creative possibilities because he had to follow what had come before. Part of what made that a bit easier was that the cinematographer, Dean Cundey, was back for Halloween II. He actually turned down the opportunity to be cinematographer for Poltergeist to come back and do Halloween too. So, Grave Robber Jeff, you were asking about the fact that Laurie Strode is Michael Myers's sister. This was around the time when that little nugget happened, and that was because what originally happened was John Carpenter was trying to add scenes to the original Halloween for its TV premiere. They obviously had to edit down all of the gore sequences, even though there's not much. I should say they edited down the violent sequences, quite a bit to show on TV, and because of that, they had to fill in extra scenes so that it wasn't too short, and Halloween was running short for TV anyway, so John Carpenter, you know, he, he said it was while he was drunk, and he regrets it ever since, came up with the idea that Laurie Strode was was Michael's sister, and so because he came up with it for the TV version of Halloween, he used it to kind of spur along the storyline of Halloween 2 that he was writing at the same time. It's funny, John Carpenter has a bit of a love-hate relationship with this franchise. He obviously loves it for starting his career, or really boosting his career, and for all the royalty checks he gets every time they make a new Halloween movie. Yeah, you would think so. But he's also very critical about the storylines that came afterwards, and the fact that he never thought that the second Halloween should have been made because he saw the original Halloween as a standalone story, which is weird. When you think about how the first Halloween ended, it was obviously like a cliffhanger. If that was his idea of a standalone movie, then that was going to be frustrating for people. Because
1: I remember talking about in our last episode, the first one, and I was saying, well, I couldn't understand like why was he so obsessed with her out of all people. And so now there's this, this reason that makes a lot more sense. But it didn't even exist when the first movie was done. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's just a bizarre situation.
0: It's bizarre, and the thing is that everybody agreed at the time that it made it a lot more scary for Michael to not have a motive, and that Laurie Strode was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But yeah, so in Halloween two is when it's officially unveiled to Dr. Loomis that Laurie Strode is Michael's sister it's unveiled by a character named Marion Chambers who is the nurse in the first Halloween that is driving with Dr. Loomis to the sanitarium when Michael escapes at first so she reprises her role in the second Halloween and even more interestingly she's also in Halloween H20 what the same character So we'll get to that when we get to Halloween H2O. But anyway, she's the one that tells Dr. Loomis about Laurie Strode. And I'm trying to remember at what point Laurie Strode finds out that she is Michael Myers' sister. But yeah. Halloween 2 can't possibly live up to the original one. What it ends up trying to do is ratchet up the gore a little bit. And part of that was not even the director's intent. In fact, after the original cut, John Carpenter himself came in and looked at what Rick Rosenthal had done and said, well, if you look at all these slashes that are coming out, ironically, the ones that were trying to copycat what Halloween did in the first place, this original cut of Halloween 2 doesn't, doesn't really compare to the slashes that are out there right now. We need more gore and boobs. So John Carpenter actually reshot some of the kill scenes to add more gore and recut some of the scenes to make it scarier because he wasn't very scared with the, the original cut. And apparently Rick Rosenthal was not impressed by that. But what's really weird is that in the commentary he didn't say anything about that. This is what I, this is what I read afterwards. Kind of ironic that the guy that originally wrote the original Halloween movie to be very methodical and patient. And scary went into Halloween 2 and tried to ramp it up a bit even though he didn't want to direct it in the first place. Now this one was filmed over six weeks from April to May 1981 at the Morningside Hospital in Los Angeles and the Pasadena Community Hospital in Pasadena. It had a budget of 2.5 million dollars compared to the original's budget of 320,000 and it made 25.5 million which was more than Friday the 13th Part 2, which came out that same year, but a little less than American Werewolf in London, which was the highest-grossing horror movie of 1981. This one was released on October 30th, so very nicely timed. So yes, Halloween 2, the gore is ratcheted up, the kills are a little more inventive you can imagine that around a hospital there's a few more implements every single kill was a little bit different there was a hammer there was a hypodermic needle there was a hot tub there was a strangulation he never used the same thing twice the formula is the typical stock and chase interesting moments once you throw dr loomis back into the mixture near the end What is interesting is that Laurie Strode is only on screen for 25 minutes out of the hour and a half runtime, and most of the time she's spending in her hospital bed, so not as demanding on her, on Jamie Lee Curtis as it was in the first movie. When you compare it to the other sequels and how convoluted it became, it's one of the better sequels, for sure, and I'm going to give it a a 7.5 out of 10. Whoa. because it is it is a step down from the first one. It's obvious that it's trying to fit in with the slasher movies that were ironically imitating the original Halloween. So it was changing huh. with the time a little bit rather than sticking with the formula that made the original one so successful. So it suffers by comparison to what is a classic movie that came before it. Well, thank you, Jason, the terrible. All right. If we go in chronological order from that well if we go from chronological order from that then the next one is actually h2o but we're gonna save that one for the end so the next one coming up would be rob zombies halloween remake grave robber jeff are you ready grave robber jeff's fresh dig
1: let's go yes so i was tasked with the remake of halloween you tasked yourself i sure did but I was I was always interested, because you hear the name Rob Zombie, and he did the Thousand Corpses movie that I haven't watched either. I thought, well, you know, I'm, I've always been curious what he did with it. Now, this one is 2007, so that is five years after the last official Halloween movie, which was Halloween Resurrection. Is that right? You can always correct me if I'm wrong. You are correct. So quite a lot of time had passed in between, so I'm sure he just thought one day, you know what, I think it would be cool to remake this, and so he did. And uh, John Carpenter didn't mind at all, because he had kind of washed his hands of the franchise years ago. And he said, just have fun with it and make it your own, or something like that. Well, and as a side note, for some reason I thought John Carpenter had died. But he's, he's well alive. And, and he's yeah. actually going to, to the Texas Frightmare Weekend this coming season.
2: Oh, my God. Should we we should we plan a trip? We could. Anyways, Anyways I'm not sure why I thought he was dead. But,
1: but in case anyone else thought he was dead, he's very much alive.
2: Yay. It's a little morbid, Anyways. <laughs> I,
1: I don't I don't know why I thought that. Anyways, never mind. So the main difference, I guess, in this one... Well, first of all, I thought it was going to be completely different, which was definitely not the case. So the main difference with this one is it spends a lot more time in the household of young Michael Myers when he's about 10. And in the first movie, you spend very, very little time, maybe the first five minutes, where you see that maybe it's a nice, normal house and he just happens to be a super evil kid. Well, this time around, the household is definitely not normal. It's a very toxic environment. His dad's out of the picture. He's a very abusive boyfriend. His mother's not necessarily in a, what you would call, like, socially more acceptable role, I guess. She's an exotic dancer. Actually played by Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. Yeah, and in the first one, he kills his sister. In this one, he goes on a bit more... More of a rampage, I guess you can say. But after that, there's quite a lot of time with him at the institution. And it's an aspect of it that I kind of appreciated because there is so much just left to the imagination in the, in the original. Which I guess we've already talked about is maybe that was what was intended. But that gives this one a different feel as you kind of get more of the backstory which I think is important a lot of times. And this goes on for quite a while, where you get to know perhaps why he becomes the evil person that he does, which may or may not be true, I don't know. But eventually, he does end up breaking out of the asylum, and surprisingly enough, a lot of the movie after that is very, very similar to the original, which I wasn't expecting at all. All the characters are pretty much there, You've got Dr. Loomis, played by Malcolm McDowell. If you guys remember Malcolm McDowell.
2: I do. I I worked on a show with him. I said, hey, Mr. McDowell. And I don't think he heard me because he didn't say anything. But no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But that was back in the day.
1: Yeah. And you've got Sheriff Lee Brackett, who is played by Brad Durif. Durif. I don't know. I I, uh, went to HowYouPronounceNames.com, and that's what it said.
0: I've heard that name many, many, many times.
1: All right. I guess I'll trust you and not this random pronunciation website.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Brad Dourif's been the voice of Chucky. He's been on the X-Files. I've heard his name in making ofs a lot. Whatever website is claiming to be how do you pronounce his name dot com. I don't know where they're getting that from.
1: All right. So it's Brad Duriff, Is that right? Yes. And yes, he was the voice of Chucky, which uh, was a very interesting voice. And when Michael Myers breaks out, he's no longer a kid. And he's played by a gigantic man by the name of Tyler Maine, who, get this, was a WCW wrestler back in the 90s. So that's one thing you'll uh, notice is that Michael Myers is a lot bigger and scarier than in the original.
0: You know what else Tyler Maine was in? What? He was in the first X-Men movie way back when.
1: Oh, yeah. Which X-Men did he play?
0: He was not an x Men. He was part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, don't you know?
1: Oh, well, who was he? He was Sabretooth. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry.
0: You're saying that as if you've seen that movie. Have you seen that movie?
1: No. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I wanted to be cool, so I thought I'd make it seem like I'd seen it. Well, it worked up until you said that you hadn't seen it. Oh, and there's other guys in this movie like Danny Trejo. Remember him? Yes. Whoa! Oh, my God. You're not going to believe
2: this. I'm scrolling through Sherry Moon Zombie's Instagram as you're speaking. And I just came to a picture of her with Danny Trejo. I'm not even joking. And I huh. went through hundreds of pictures. And as soon as you said his name, I was I was looking at his face. That is the, the world is effed up,
1: man. Cosmic. Yeah, it was cosmic. So after it breaks out, very close to the same movie as the original, where he's after Laurie Strode and her friends. So Rob Zombie did not want to use any characters from the previous Halloween movies in the new movie. And so Danielle Harris, who ends up playing Annie Brackett in this one, who Jason mentioned was Lori Strode's daughter in a few of the other ones,
0: Jamie Lloyd.
1: Jamie Lloyd, that's the one. And so the only reason Danielle Harris is even in there is because she was at a horror movie convention one day and just heard about the movie being made. And she was like, well, I can star in that movie. And so she got her agent to like get in there and get her an audition, which was very difficult to do, apparently. And the rumor is, is the only reason she got the part is because she agreed to do a very long naked chase scene with michael myers. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I read on the internet.
0: Did you read it on how to pronounce this com?
1: I did not. I did not. So yeah, all the characters are the same, Laurie Strode, Annie Brackett and their friend Linda trying to survive an attack by Michael Myers. I guess the only other thing to point out is that it is there's a bit more blood in this one than than the original. Just a bit. But I didn't actually find the murders to be as gruesome as I thought they, they would be. But def, definitely more blood than before. And yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be so similar. So I actually liked that aspect of it. So overall, I think it's probably not a terrible remake. I don't know what people thought. Of, I didn't really look into how true fans of the series and what they thought about. But I didn't think it was that bad. Definitely probably scarier than the first one. The camera angles are certainly different, like the way it's shot. Well, I don't know if I should say this because it was kind of like a main point of the movie was revealing that they're related. We kind of already talked about that. But it drives a lot of the story about this one. So overall, I'm happy I watched it. I'll give it a 6.8 out of 10. That's not too bad. Oh, I'll just mention that I thought the mask was a lot cooler looking than it was in Halloween H2O. I don't know if you guys thought that. But I was very <laughs> I was underwhelmed say, with the H2O mask, but we'll get to that I later. Was gonna,
2: I was going to bring that up. Friggin, have you ever guys seen the, the show Seed of Chucky? That's, if if the seed of Chucky grew up, that's what I would think it would look like. Is the, the, the friggin' Michael Myers and Halloween H duo.
0: Yes, I thought that as well, Jeff. I think that the general opinion of of Rob Zombie's Halloween is that most of the hardcore fans did not like it, and I think one of the main reasons is because it got into the backstory of Young Michael so much.
2: Jay, you seem to know a lot about the hardcore. Fans and stuff because I'm I'm not, I'm not really versed in the hardcoreness of of it. But what I'm trying to say is, what do they think of the franchise? Then is a hardcore Halloween fan just a hardcore the original Halloween fan, or do they like everything about Halloween? And then if that's the case, why well, don't like? I mean, I'm confused.
0: I think you're gonna find a lot of different fans with a lot of different opinions. Okay, well there you go. A lot of the people that that are really big Halloween fans. Some of them, I've heard them say that when they go back to rewatch, they go from Halloween to Halloween Two to Halloween H Two O. Interesting.
2: I kind, I kind of see. I kind of like the fact that they're just like, you know what? Forget all those goddamn movies. Let's just <laughs> let's just do this how it should have been done. I kind of like that. It's kind of hilarious. Well, there you go. There you go.
0: Could I do my review? All right. So Slice and Dice and Dave, you're up let's get to your review of Halloween Kills. Slice
2: and Dice and Dave Scream and Stream Sack of. Hey thanks Jason the Terrible welcome to Slice and Dice and Dave's screaming, Stream Sack of Nightmares this week I dove into that Scream Sack and I picked uh, what the hell did I pick? Halloween Kills now hey, so you know how we just did Halloween? was that like a year ago? So basically Halloween Ends is coming out. So I said, I gotta watch Halloween Kills. And I, I gotta tell you, there's not too much to say, <laughs> to say about Halloween Kills. Not to be like completely dismissive or anything, but I just get the general feel that it was just like, they just wanted to make a trilogy, so they just threw this one out to make a couple bucks. It's not bad. Uh, here's a synopsis from the Internet Movie Database. Surviving victims of Michael Myers form a vigilante mob and vow to end his reign of terror after they discover that he is still alive. Spoiler, I guess. I can't remember what happens at the end of Halloween. Or Halloween 40. Or how do we call it? Halloween 2018, I guess. Halloween H 40. Um, now, see, I'm one of those suckers that just make a goddamn horror movie and I'll watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll watch these Halloweens. I'll watch it, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't think too deeply into it. In most cases, sometimes I do. To be fair with you, but anyway, this particular one, I just find it's kind of more of the same. Mike Myers is running around. He looks pretty scary. He's killing a lot of people, in a lot of cases gruesomely. I like how they threw in that little, uh, the little bit where there's this other like escaped convict. And they kind of get like, oh, hey, there's Michael Myers, but you know it's not really Michael Myers. And that was a cute little storyline. I don't know, what else do you want me to say? Like, oh, it was directed by David Gordon Green. I believe he did the first one, and he's and he's doing the ends, isn't he? And, oh, and what's cool about him is he's, he's uh, producing that Hellraiser TV series that I'm super pumped about. I watched Halloween Kills with the Wife. We both agreed that the first one was way better. The second one here the Halloween kills it was fine but there wasn't much to it. There was a lot of killing, a lot of violence. And it's basically just obviously a continuation on what happened that evening. I'm I'm assuming it uh, it's just setting up the old Halloween ends. That's about it. <laughs> you know what I got like I got the feel like you know how you watch the original Halloween, you watch Halloween 2, you watch Halloween H20. And it felt like a feature movie. Watching this on the TV felt like what a um, a big-time series feels like. It felt like almost like a, I don't know, it didn't feel like a feature film to me. It was bizarre. Entertaining enough that I was glad I watched it. I only gave it a 5 out of 10, though, fellas. Well, what did you, you guys have seen it. What did you think?
1: All I remember when I watched it was, wow, not a lot happened. <laughs> thank you to to like progress the story that was what my thought was
2: that's that so what i'm basically just trying to say is that it just seemed like filler to get to the last one not saying it's bad i'm just saying there's not much to it right anybody else agree i guess jeff did jason now what do you have to say
0: well it did feel like the second part of the planned trilogy there were some interesting ideas in there about how this is affecting the community and and what vigilante justice and mob mentality how dangerous that can be but at the end of the day you're right it doesn't advance the story that much correct me if i'm wrong but you don't even have lori strode and michael myers in the same scene in this movie
2: let me try to think oh yeah no she's in the hospital almost the whole time isn't she i she yeah you isn't... might be correct you might be correct on that
0: yeah. she is in the hospital for most of the movie which is a parallel to the original halloween too actually. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, see, oh. there you go. Oh, yeah, and then... Oh, yeah. Like, like it's pretty brutal at times. Like, there's a kill where he's killing somebody right in front of someone's significant other. I said, come on, man, that's pretty harsh. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Michael Myers. That's just pure evil. That's what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Thank you, Slice
0: and, and Dave.
2: Oh, yeah. Friggin' uh, Nick Castle was the shape.
0: Was he through the whole movie?
2: No. Because James Jude Courtney was The Shape as well. So now I'm super confused. Which one was... It, it must have been... What the hell? Two The Shapes? Oh my god! Aaron Armstrong from 1978 was in there. What the... Oh, it must have... Because there's Okay, flashbacks. just cancel that whole bit out. <laughs> okay. Anthony Ma- Michael Hall was in it, though. He was from like Breakfast Club. The nerdy dude. Now he's a big tough guy part of the vigilante mob that was kind of cool anyway halloween kills if you want to watch this uh, you can stream it in canada here on crave or in the old uh, united states of america direct tv hbo max or you can buy it from wherever you purchase movies and stuff thank you everybody thanks for listening
0: all right well i think it's time to tie it all together with our feature review of halloween h20 <music> And now, watch out for our feature presentation. All right, for our feature review, we are going to be talking about Halloween H2O. It was released August 5th, 1998. On a budget of 17 million dollars, it grossed how much do you think? Was it like 56 mil or something? 75 million dollars. And you wonder why they keep popping these things out, eh? You know what I'm saying? Well, this was the highest grossing Halloween sequel. Directed by Steve Miner. You know, as a kid, I knew that name from the back of the VHS boxes of Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3. And house. And house. The writing credit is a bit interesting on this one.
2: Yeah, so uh, Robert Zappia gets the old uh, writing credit here for uh, Halloween H2O. And get this. Originally, they were going to make uh, Halloween 7, and it was kind of going to go straight to straight to DVD or straight to home video, as they say, right? So they weren't really planning on making such a such a big deal of it, eh? They're like, oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to continue on from 6? Are we going to figure something else on, you know, because there's loose ends, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be damned if, after he wrote a draft and sent it to the, the producers and all this and all that, they give him a call and say, hey! We got goddamn Jamie Lee Curtis to sign on to this. So the, the bad news is, we're going to throw your script right in the trash. But the good news is, you can write a, write a new one with Jamie Lee Curtis involved. He said, "Ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> and uh, and uh, now the thing about this, Jay, because what happened after Halloween 2? Jamie Lee Curtis said, hey, I can't, I, I can't do any more horror movies or else all I'm going to be is a goddamn horror movie actress. So she said, That's it. I'm not doing any more horror movies. And she, and for 20 years or so, she didn't do any more horror movies, did she, Grave Robin Jeff? I guess not. Yeah, that's right. So this was a big thing. She, and she goes, You know what? It's been 20 years. And I just, I said, I owe it to the fans of the Halloween franchise for making it such a big thing. And, you know, and, and I thought that was pretty cool of her to say, I'm coming back to. To, to do one 20 years later you know
0: let's do this and so then halloween h2o was spawned eh well let me add to that dave again i watched the commentary and this commentary actually featured jamie lee curtis and director steve Ooh. miner ah they say it was moderated by sean clark now I'm not going to get into too much who Sean Clark is, but you guys will remember he's the guy that I made a fool of of myself at Texas Freightmare a few years ago, and I couldn't stop talking about how I made a fool of myself in front of him. Anyway, what did you
2: he, do? I can't remember.
0: Well, let's not get into that now. But okay. he's the guy that brings everybody together for the conventions, so when oh, okay, Jamie gotcha. Lee Curtis go, goes and does her one convention thing, he's driving her around and stuff. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Anyway. In our episode about Halloween, I went on and on about how awesome the commentary was between John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis, and I've come to the decision that any commentary that Jamie Lee Curtis is on is going to be awesome, because this was another awesome commentary with Jamie Lee Curtis for Halloween H20. And she starts off by telling the story of how this movie started. So it's interesting, Slice and Dice and Dave, you've got yours from the perspective of the writer, From from Jamie Lee Curtis's perspective, she was talking to John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. And they were all talking about the fact that, hey, let's, you know, it's 20 years. It's coming up to 20 years. let's, Let's get together and do another Halloween. And you're absolutely right. It's to, you know, it was a love letter to the fans to thank everyone for launching their career and stuff. And the way she says it, tells it, though, is that eventually John Carpenter dropped out. He asked for $10 million to direct, plus a three-picture deal.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Going back to the love-hate relationship with this thing, he was, he's always believed that he was not paid fairly for the first one oh. by Mustafa Akkad, the, the executive producer. So this was his way of trying to get some of that money back. And they basically said no, and so he walked away. And so here's wow. Jamie Lee Curtis, John Carpenter walks away, Deborah Hill walked away pretty soon after that, so here she is, now she's attached to this Halloween movie without John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, but, she you know, she still wants to do it because she wants to, she wants to see what would happen to Laurie Strode after 20 years, she thinks it's a great story to tell. At the end of this movie, she wants to kill off Michael Myers. Yeah. Right? Why wouldn't you? So the script's being developed. The story was originally conceived by Kevin Williamson, who was working with Steve Miner on the Dawson's Creek series. When he was brought in to direct, he introduced Kevin Williamson, and Kevin Williamson worked on some of the script. And this is where where this story gets a little convoluted, because he didn't end up writing it. But he made so many contributions to it that he was given an executive producer role. And Kevin Williamson, of course, is the guy that created Dawson's Creek. and Hence Michelle Williams. He did, I know what you did last summer, didn't he? Yeah. And Scream, of course. So Jamie Lee Curtis is like, all right, so this is what we're going to do. And then, like, two weeks before they were going to start filming, they realized that Mustafa Akkad had a line item that said that Michael Myers could not be killed. And so Jamie Lee Curtis was like, "Well, this is my whole point of doing this was for Laurie Strode to have this revenge." And I'm not too interested in doing this movie anymore. So she but then she's looking at it and like, "Well, yeah, there's only 2 weeks before we start." And so they went back and they they tried to they tried to write something that would satisfy everybody because Jamie Lee Curtis wanted Laurie Strode to believe she killed Michael and did not want there to be any hint that that was not true in the movie. Yet, Mustafa Akkad wanted to be able to keep making Michael Myers movies. Eleventh hour, Steve Miner and Kevin Williamson and and the other guy. The other guy? Robert Zappia. They all burnt the midnight oil and figured out how to write an ending to Halloween H20 that would satisfy Jamie Lee Curtis and Mustafa Akkad. And they went with it. It What?
2: Okay. I can't remember what happens in Resurrection, but the
0: end of this movie should have just been the end of this movie, don't you think? But this is what's interesting. You know, we're going to Why? be talking. We're going to be talking very cryptic here because we're not going to spoil anything. <laughs>
2: that would have been the like the end of this series, or not series. The front, and that would have that would have just stamped it and said that was sick. That's how you do it. But obviously, there was
0: more. To it well, there was, more, there was more money to be made. And so a lot of people looked at what happened in the beginning of Resurrection and said, whoa, they just retconned what happened at the end of H2O. What does retconned mean, Jay? I'm not a nerd. <laughs> Retroactive saying, continuity. Oh, so basically right. they go back and That's change something that was presented as true and they find a way to explain how it was not true. And oh, so, I hate when that happens.
2: I know because I'm sitting there and I watched the because I haven't seen this movie since it came out. And I watched the end and I said, that was sick. And
0: then I said, well, how the hell did I get out of that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And So there, there, was a anyway. large, there was a large percentage of people who watched the beginning of Resurrection and thought that someone just figured out how to do it. But they actually figured it out before they filmed the end of H2O that this is how they were going to start Resurrection so all right, anyway all right. we're, we're we're jumping ahead of ourselves quite a bit here but i find the story behind this one kind of fascinating how it all came together for some reason i i i'm excited to talk about this one
2: i guess i enjoyed this one a lot more than halloween kills <laughs> that's fair. oh god well this came out right when i was in high school eh? like the height of me being into teenage horror movies eh? like scream you know. I know what you did last summer. Like, this this was along those veins, but it wasn't so lame like, you know, disturbing behavior and faculty and urban legends and all those. It was still
1: pretty
0: cool. Jeff, what did you think?
1: Well, guys, we haven't even explained what it's about yet.
0: Halloween H2O is the story of Laurie Strode in her new life as Carrie Tate, 20 years after the events of Halloween and Halloween Two. She's now the headmaster at a private school in California. She has a son. She has a, a husband that's no longer in the picture, but she has a son. And she's still traumatized by what happened back on Halloween 20 years ago. And as Halloween is nearing, she's starting to believe that she's seeing Michael all over the place. And at some point, she actually does start to see Michael all over the place because he's managed to track her down, even though she's changed her name. This leads to a final confrontation between the two as she tries to save not only herself, but her son from the unrelenting madman who's been such a constant part of her life for 20 years.
1: That's a pretty good synopsis. And just to well, follow up on that, because there was a lot of scenes in there where she thought she saw him. She'd shake her head and look again, seize him again, shake her head and look again. I thought that was kind of neat how they did those sorts of scenes.
2: Yeah. Because she must have been doing that her entire life, you know what I'm saying? Well, you said something about a son played by Josh Hartnett in his first ever feature presentation. He was also doing The Faculty at the same time as this. Molly, played by Michelle Williams. But she was quite the hot
0: commodity at the time, so I could understand her being in there. So Jamie Lee Curtis, in the commentary, loves Michelle Williams. Just can't say enough about her. And same for Josh Hartnett, actually. Both very young actors at the time, and she was, a, she was big fans of both of them.
2: Anyway, Jodie Lynn O'Keefe plays Sarah. She was from some good stuff at the time. Anybody so else in that movie that I'm forgetting? Well, you
1: guys forgot about the biggest actor of them all.
2: Well, we already mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis, Jeff.
1: L.L. Cool J.
2: Oh! Ladies love Cool James. What a cool dude, eh? Is
0: that what that stands for?
2: Pretty sure, isn't it? Jesus Christ. I used to be hip, and I used to know things.
1: His name is indeed James.
2: Yeah, so ladies love Cool James. Do you know what's pretty cool? I actually saw him perform around that time. Because when did Phenomenon come out? I saw him perform live phenomenon at snow job 98 or something so right at the height of this i saw him live that was pretty cool so you're right jeff we forgot all about him but there he is ronnie
1: he doesn't play a very big role but it's not a small role yeah you're right you're right so uh
2: what else do we have to yap about here fellas
1: well you
0: missed the biggest actor of all well we already talked about michelle williams you forgot about janet lee oh norma
2: oh was she the um was she the was she the nurse at the beginning of the
0: movie no no that was marion nancy stevens that was nancy stevens who i was going to talk about as well but let's not jump up there yet janet lee was played norma who was jamie lee so who was laurie strode's assistant or secretary are you guys aware of this little piece of, of horror history trivia about who Janet Lee um, is? Is she from Psycho? That's one half of the answer that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Janet Lee, and it's going to seem very obvious to you after I say this. Janet Lee is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Oh I, well, I knew that. Why didn't you say it then? <laughs> I, I, I didn't know actually, because
2: <laughs> uh, it's spelt wrong. You see, because Curtis you... and Lee aren't spelt the same or pronounced the same way, sure. so that's why I got confused. But, but well,
0: Curtis and Lee are not pronounced the same. I would hope not, but that's why there's well, that's a Lee in sure. Jamie Lee Curtis.
2: Oh, you don't say! But it's spelt differently. Differently. Ah, oh my God! It's I a could different go all night. Lee. So, so that's cool. They uh, they're in a movie together.
0: This was the you third know. time that they were in a movie together. All right, in the last cast. Info, going back to Nancy Stevens as Marion, so... She was in Halloween, wasn't she? She was in Halloween and Halloween 2, and she reprises the same role in this one. In Halloween H20. H20. Oh, and by the way, this is a good point. This is a good time to say. Does it strike anybody as really weird that they would make it H20? Why would they use the symbol for water? And I understand it's Halloween 20 whatever they're just getting yeah. too stylized h2o yeah. but then i read like y2k and I'm like, oh go on what's up it did bug
2: me yes uh, very badly so halloween
0: h2o is the seventh film in the series and guess and what water's
2: the, p- the seventh element on the periodic table
0: no but water has a ph oh. balance of seven. Oh, that's pretty good huh. so i'm sure that's what they were thinking but <laughs> other than that Maybe, it's yeah. a stupid name for a movie i'm sorry <laughs>
2: I don't disagree. Go on, fellas. Jeff, you said you didn't like the mask.
1: I was just going to bring that up. Like, bring it up. Was that not the cheapest looking mask you ever did see? Yes. But there's a story
0: <laughs> yeah. behind it.
1: Well, Why? I'm dying to know because it was terrible.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: it was pretty <laughs> bad. So go on, Jay. So
0: go there go. was a huge controversy with the mask. Oh, so, the original one that they had made for the movie was made by k and b effects. The way that Steve Miner described it was that when he was watching Halloween for the first time, he was scared by the fact that Michael Myers just had this blank face, and that's what he remembered was blank and so that's the whole thing about the mask removing all personality from michael myers you You don't know what he's yeah, thinking yeah. so he really focused on the blank and the white, and so he came up with this mask that was very smooth and white. And they started filming with it. And about, I don't know if it was halfway through, but significantly into the filming, the studio came back and said, we don't like the mask. And he's like, well, what the hell? We've already filmed all this stuff with the mask. And so they started going back and forth about that it should be a different mask. And in the meantime, they were filming another scene, so they took a mask from Halloween 6, and use that just for that one scene. And so for that scene, the one at the beginning where with Nurse Marion, that is a mask from Halloween six. So let's call that mask number one.
2: Okay, mask
0: number two was the one that was originally used up until that point. Mask number three was made by Stan Winston. And that's the one that the studio wanted to use. And there was a huge fight between Steve Miner and the studio about which one to use, and finally, of course, the Studio One, and they used a mask that was a little more aged; it had more features on it than this this plain white mask. But it also had like the weird spiky hair and stuff. And they went back and reshot most of the original footage to replace the original mask. So that's mask number three.
2: Oh, for Pete's sake!
0: And then there is one scene in there where they actually took the original footage of mask number two and added CGI texturing to it, and it looks so goofy. It doesn't look right when you don't know what's going on, but when on the commentary they're pointing it out to you, it's like, oh my god. So that's mask number four, the CGI altered one. So there's actually four masks in this movie, and I don't think they really got any of them right. One funny little side note about this commentary was that Sean Clark piped up at one point and said, yeah, well, this mask here, this is my favorite out of all of them. And it was the new one that the studio wanted and Steve Miner didn't. And Steve Miner's on the commentary. And there's just this uncomfortable silence after he said that. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a, there was a whole storyline about the mask selection. And really, it applies to the whole franchise. Like, it's never looked the same.
2: But then again, look at, look at Friday the 13th. It's always a little different. Friday the 13th, too. It's just a bag. And then you look at Jason X, and it's
1: like this really cool metally looking mask. Metally, Wasn't it always supposed to be Captain Kirk? Wasn't that what it was supposed yes.
2: to be? Well, that was the first one, wasn't it?
1: Yes. So yeah. how, how can they have I... so many different versions of that? I don't get it. Well,
0: because they could never yeah. go back and get the original one. When you make one, you can't make it exactly the same as the one that came before. Yeah, you
2: can. Fil- film technicians are the greatest artists in the world.
0: They can do anything. Forty years ago they were not able to recreate exactly the original mask that's too bad like i said it
2: looked like the dude from C to chucky if uh, he grew up
1: <laughs> because of the hair because
2: of the goddamn hair
1: so in terms of the rest of the movie was there anything that stood out as different or was it just a traditional slasher movie at that point because i was trying to think of anything that stuck out as very interesting or not but it was a pretty standard horror movie Until the end, I guess the end was a bit different.
0: Well, if you look at it from the perspective of Jamie Lee Curtis and Laurie Strode, there's a lot of psychological stuff going on there. Like, she's obviously struggling. But then you've also got her son and this little subplot with the party that they want to hold while they're alone at the school, which is something that's right out of Dawson's Creek, right? I was looking at the four of them, knowing that Kevin Williamson was involved. I was looking at it thinking, well, you could throw the cast of Dawson's Creek in this building and it wouldn't be out of place some people who don't like dawson's creek might want to see michael myers versus what
1: there's dawson's people out there that don't like dawson's creek what's your guys's opinion on throwing in like random jokes in horror movies like say they when they're dancing in that room and they played the dawson's creek theme song would that be like so out of place in a horror movie even though it was a joke <laughs>
0: uh i would have laughed that's for sure the it's feel. probably
1: too much is what i think
0: well get this and you're you're going to think i'm making this up but i swear that jamie lee curtis said this in the commentary she reached out to mike myers you know oh, oh, oh. austin powers and wayne's world himself yeah she and the dude w- from so i married an axe Murder. that's a great movie well there's a side note about that too what <laughs> so she wanted a scene in downtown where Mike Myers walks by her and she does a double take at him. <laughs> that would
2: have been that would have been awesome. Because she thought it would that be would have
0: funny. Been awesome. Mike Myers shot it down.
2: Oh come on, Mike Myers! Jesus Christ! Which you is, know what? He's probably sick of hearing all that Mike Myers business, right? Probably. I guarantee you hear probably.
0: Time. But the other that side note too. about how I, I'm how I married an axe murderer. Is that what it's called? How I married an axe murderer. Yeah.
2: So I Married an Axe Murderer. So I Married an Axe Murderer.
0: What a great movie. Go on. There, There's a scene in the dorm room there where they're watching Scream 2. That was put on there in post-production. What they were actually watching when they filmed it was So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh. Uh, ah. So,
2: they should have kept So I Married an Axe murder And that
0: was another in-joke with Mike Myers, right?
2: Yeah. Maybe he just didn't want anything to do with the movie. said, screw that. He stole my name, man. It's it, it possible.
1: Now, I haven't seen all the movies like you guys have had, but I don't think there's a lot of comedy in these movies at all, is there? Yeah, I've like, you're right. There's no like, jokes ever in these things.
0: Well, when you get to Resurrection, it's uh, a little... Do we, count that as an, do we even count that as a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Just Jeff, your homework assignment is to go watch Halloween Resurrection.
1: Oh, I think it's on Shudder.
0: There you go. In terms of comedy, that Resurrections probably the one that has the most because it's kind of a social media live stream universe. And so there's Well, character. no,
2: back then it wasn't back then it wasn't social media live stream. It was reality TV. That's comedy. the word I was
0: looking for, reality TV. Okay. And right
2: it was live stream though oh i guess things could be live on tv so yes i understand
0: but they went from ll cool j in this one to what was the guy's name in resurrection buster (laughs) rhymes yeah so he was a character and and who was his girlfriend in that movie oh god i can't remember anyway so the casting in resurrection allowed for more comedy but this, this was the first turn in that direction. It was very much made in the time of Scream, which is self-referential, right. right? And it was, you know, worked on by the same guy. By the letter of the law, the Writers Guild will only give you a writing credit if you've written at least 33% of the script, and Kevin Williamson didn't qualify for that, but they wanted his name on the movie because he was coming off of the success of Scream, and... They offered the the writer, Robert Zappia, extra money to share the credit, and he said no. So they gave Kevin Williamson an executive producer credit instead. Here's a trivia question for you. Chris Durand is mm-hmm. the guy that plays Michael Myers in this movie. Uh-huh. What other masked killer has he played? Oh, that's a Durand masked killer. Uh... All the hints uh, are here for this one. Hatchet. No. That was uh Kane Hodder, remember? Oh yeah. Any guesses. Um, Jeff? I don't know.
1: A masked killer? Yeah. Uh the town that dreaded Sundown.
0: Oh, nice try, but no. Oh, good uh, guess. Chris Durand was one of the guys that played the ghost face killer in Scream 2.
2: I was gonna say oh, I was gonna oh, say uh Scream, but so they just got a random dude to dress in?
0: Well, they have stand-ins. He was uncredited oh. in Scream 2. Oh, okay. Copy that. And we talked about Joseph Gordon-Levitt being in H2O early in the movie too, right? Yeah. Hey,
2: that. that let's talk about the beginning. The beginning was sick, wasn't it? How they have a little chunk of mini-movies almost. The nurse and everything and Joseph Levengore. That was a really good beginning to the movie. I thought it set up the whole movie very well, I thought.
0: There was a voiceover by the Sam Loomis character, but what was impressive here was that it wasn't actually Donald Pleasance. Because he unfortunately passed away. If you wait to the end of the credits, it
2: said this film was dedicated to, or in memory of Pleasance, Donald
0: Pleasance. Though I think they spelt it wrong. Did they? That's, that'd be rough. It's kind of rough. But anyway. All right. Well, what else should we, what else should we talk about before we get into our individual rating segments? i don't know is there much else jeff i say we go to the segments let's do the segments. let's go to the segments yeah all right let's start with
2: the spooky segment jason the terrible how spooked out were you pal
0: did you just rename our segments without asking (laughs) us
2: i don't think so did i what wasn't it always the
0: spooky segment or something no it's the scary meter oh whatever pretty similar isn't it <laughs> i thought you were doing some up. halloween theme thing well it is halloween so it's spooky right all right was i scared it's hard to be scared when you're listening to commentary so i'm gonna try to remember how i felt the first time i saw it not really scared there's some tension there there's a good scene when michael steals a car from a woman at a bathroom and oh she's yeah got that her, was pretty... she's got her daughter there with her that's tension man there's a scene where they're trying to open a lock and they get stuck between two doors. You know, of course, they drop the key and so Michael's trying to open the lock. That's tension.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's lots of tension, yeah.
0: But scary? Not too scary at this point. So, I don't know, 5 out of 10? Isn't tension scary? It's tense.
1: Isn't that the same thing? Well,
0: it, it means 5 <laughs> out know. of 10. Yeah, there you go. All right,
1: all right. Yeah, we well, get to the point where you've seen it so many times. The same type of thing. So it's about as scary as the rest of them, I guess. I'm trying to remember what I said for the first one. I think I gave it lots of scary points because of just lots of, like, seeing people. Well, yeah, I guess there's a lot of that in this one, too, where they just see, see him walking around and stuff. And then it's like those scenes where, like, she thinks she sees him and may or may not have actually seen him. I don't know. I guess it's kind of scary. But I'm still in the middle of the road, I guess, like maybe a five or a six, too.
0: You make a good point about the particular way that they show Michael in these scenes. Like, it's always in the background over someone's shoulder.
1: Hey, That's what I really liked about the original one.
0: Yeah, it goes that's all the way back to the one. first one. That's something almost unique to the Halloween franchise that they keep using, is that they focus on someone in the foreground and just in the background, almost unseen but you can see him, is Michael Myers.
2: The Shape. That's why they call him The Shape. I thought the beginning sequence was a little creepy, so I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 just for the beginning sequence, but the rest of it wasn't very scary, just like you
0: say, tense. 5 out of 10. I mean, the the scenes with the dumbwaiter were tense. That was pretty good. The scene with the garbage disposal was tense. So let's say 6 out of 10. I'm going to jump it up by a point.
1: And then when he's chasing the girl around and, like, busting down walls, that's not exactly not scary. Um, five out of
0: ten. Five out of 10. All right, disturbometer. Alright, Slice and Dice and Dave. How
2: disturbed was I? Anytime there's a mass killer running around killing people, it's disturbing. But it's not overly disturbing. <laughs> so I'd say mildly disturbing. If you're watching Halloween, you're just going to get what you would think. There wasn't anything worse than what you would think. I hear you.
0: So, mildly disturbing. I think the only thing that would be considered different than the other movies is where Laurie Strode is in her life and how she's coming apart is a bit disturbing. And, in retrospect, knowing what happens at the end and then what you find out at the beginning of Resurrection, it's disturbing. But that's not, that doesn't really count because that bleeds into another movie. Interestingly enough, they did this investigation twice, right? Like they investigated how Laurie Strode is dealing with PTSD 20 years later in H2O and 40 years later in the David Gordon Green movie. They've revisited this theme a couple times. It would be interesting to have a conversation about which movie did it better. I'm thinking back to that scene in H2O where she drinks her wine really fast so that she can have another glass without her boyfriend realizing that that she already drank it. And we didn't mention Adam Arkin as her boyfriend. Pretty good job by him in this one. Okay, so mild to moderate disturbing. It's it's still not crazy disturbing. Though something that happens to one of the characters' legs is pretty disturbing, so let's talk about the
1: gore meter. Yeah, but was it really that bad?
0: The leg was dangling there. Was it? It was pretty dangly.
1: I'm trying to remember all the kills and the grand total of all the gore.
0: My problem is watching two Halloween movies so close together, they're sort of blending together about which one
1: happened where. That's true. Because there wasn't a very high body count in this one, was there?
0: It's around the, the seven or eight-ish, I think.
1: So, gore-wise, I just remembered the first one in the movie was, was kind of gross, if you recall, a skate.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't
1: expecting that.
0: Did you notice how big the blade on the skate was, though? It was an absurdly thick blade. You know, call me crazy, guys, but I don't think it was a real hockey skate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, other than what? that, there, there's lots of knives. There's lots of blood, I guess. The leg gets crushed. Well, there's some in there. I'd come in at a 6 out of 10.
0: Yeah, Halloween's never been super gory. Yeah, I'm going to say a lower, like a 5 out of 10. I could even go down as low as a 4. Wow. You just said the so leg is crushed and five. dangling. Yeah, well, that's why yeah, I get 4. Come on, Jay. You can't have it both <laughs> ways, man. All right, you guys are going to start to wish you hadn't brought this thing back, the hilarity meter.
2: I'll start with the hilarity meter. Unfortunately, well, or fortunately, depending if you like comedy and horror, there wasn't, very, there wasn't anything too funny in there. Unless you're talking about LL Cool J's acting. <laughs> Just kidding. He did a pretty good job, actually.
0: Well, he was one of the sources of comedy. The conversations on the phone with his wife or girlfriend. Oh, that's true. That's very limited comedy. Sure. Grave Rubber. Was it funny? Not really. All right. Well, since we talked about that a little bit already, how about The Hoots and Such?
2: Foods and such! And wangs Um, and things. Yeah, you and your wangs and things, man. Let's see, there was a little bit of talk about them, uh, like, you know, as teenagers would. (laughs) Would. um, About, like, uh, you know, doing it and stuff. But I don't think there was ever any doing it. Or boobs or butts or anything, for that matter. So it was pretty pretty PG-13, as they like to say in Scream. Am I right?
1: Sure. this is a stark contrast from the rob zombie version which had a lot oh,
2: yeah. of hoots and such really i can't yeah. even remember you think i'd remember a bunch of hoots and such but i didn't that's it so our overall ratings ladies and gentlemen on 2000 and oh it's not even from 2000 from 1998 halloween h20 i'll go first well this was my time frame of being in high school and loving the fact that I could watch horror movies, and I was, like, all in high school and all cool and things. Um, so this is right down my alley, it reminds me of that time point of my life, which I enjoyed profusely. So I give it a 7 out of 10, because I like the story. I love how it ended, and I, that should have just been it and i like the jamie curtis is back i like the story i like the other actors i like this and i like that i didn't like the mask but i liked a lot of it so 7 out of 10 everybody for halloween
0: h20 thank you slice and dice and dave couldn't have said it better myself you're welcome grave robber jeff can you beat a 7 out of 10 uh,
1: well for me i guess it was kind of like more of the same I wasn't too enthralled with the story. I thought the acting was fairly decent, though. But I would say I liked the Rob Zombie one more than this one. Because I think if you're a fan of these types of movies, you're going to like it. But Unless you're a super fan. But anyways, let's see. I'll say it's 6.6 out of 10. 6.6. 6, so
0: 0. 0.2 below the Rob Zombie. Is that what you're saying?
1: I guess if that's what I rated. I can't remember.
0: It was like 10 minutes ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> more like an hour ago. Yeah. Well, to rate this one, I'm going to try to put myself in the position of a Halloween fan. Knowing that Jamie Lee Curtis is back for a final confrontation with Michael Myers after 20 years, that is a pretty cool concept. And never mind the fact that they did it again for the 40-year anniversary, I think it was very cool to have this confrontation happen after all these sequels that went in so many different directions. They distilled it back down to the characters that really mattered filmmaking was done really well there was a very cool shot when she closes the gate and grabs the axe and walks back up the driveway Uh that was uh that was very cool there were some good moments in here i mean it's nothing super special but it was a solid entry and when i said that halloween 2 was one of the better sequels i think h2o is also one of the better sequels and i'm gonna give it slightly higher than i gave halloween 2 i'm gonna rate it an 8 out of 10 out of town what did you give halloween 2 seven and a half i gave halloween 2 seven and a half there there's a whole bunch of stories in here that we haven't even really touched on like the score the score was changed at the last minute because it was not what the producers expected or wanted and but i mean in general i think there was a lot of studio interference which is not unheard of for a movie that's in a franchise that's 20 years old. Everybody wants to, to make their money off of it and make sure everything's done the way they want it to be done. And So the fact that they came out of that with a movie that's actually pretty entertaining and satisfies a lot of fans, I think it deserves some credit for that. 8 out of 10, Halloween H2O, 1998.
2: Thank you, Jason the Terrible.
0: All right, well, happy Halloween, everybody
2: yeah going
0: trick and treat and all that and stuff
2: this brings us candy apples and razor
0: blades as
2: the misfits would say
0: this brings us to the end of our halloween episode thank you for sticking with us we really appreciate it we couldn't do it without you and we hope you all enjoy the halloween season Ooh, go and see a horror movie in your local cinema support
2: horror movies go watch some horror
0: movies You know, go eat some candy, go dress up, all that stuff. All right, if you would like to get in touch with us, please do. You can reach us at watchouthorror at gmail.com. You can visit us at our website, www.watchouthorror.com, where you can find links to all our social media presences, and you can find links to listen to this episode in all sorts of different places. So, until next time... And there will be a next time. Stay safe, treat each other well, and trip or treat Thank you for listening to Watch Out. The opinions you've just heard have been made by three guys from Canada. Please keep this in mind and enjoy responsibly.
2: Joseph Gordon Lettuce. (laughs)
0: Joseph. Uh, Oh, yeah.
2: Trick or treat. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. Not too big, not too small. Just the size of Montreal. (laughs) Right? Surviving victims of Mike Myers from a vigilante mob. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Form. It's hard to read. No, I'm just kidding. Lady loves Cool James. (laughs) Whoops. Hey, but we forgot to talk about the other uh, actor, the big time actor. kid i just thought that was i wanted to be part of it because each of you got to do it i didn't